0: Good morning. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, we're in a sermon series called The Q. We've been talking about questions that Jesus has asked in Scripture. Last week, Gary Chapel talked about a question um, with the blind man who was healed. And, he, and the, the statement was, according to your faith, it will be done. Jesus asked him, do you believe that I can heal you? So Gary really talked about faith last week. And today, we're going to talk about faith too. The story we're going to talk about happens just before the one Gary talked about last week. Uh, in when you think of the idea of who touched me, because that's today's question, who touched me? When you think of who touched me, what do you think of? For me, um, I get images in my head of big groups of people surrounding people. I get people. I get images of loved ones hugging each other. Um, there's a whole lot of ideas that come to, to mind in this question. We're going to read in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 34 today, but it also have, has parallel scriptures in Matthew chapter 9 and Luke chapter 8. So in Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21, it says When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. One of the synagogue leaders, named Jairus, came. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And be freed from your suffering. Jesus is in this big crowd of people, and there's an emergency, and they're all moving. So I can imagine that all these people are bumping up to him, bumping up against him. Have you saw? Have you ever seen a crowd of people surrounding someone? I have some pictures. There's uh, of groups of people surrounding somebody. Um, There's 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 celebrities and everybody wants to get a piece of those those people. They want to touch them. They want to say, "Hey, I saw them." And it's crazy. You can I think of the Beatles. I think of Beatlemania. I think of uh, just any other celebrity you've ever seen. Just think of all those gossip TV shows where just cameras are surrounding people. There's this crowd of people around Jesus, and he's in a hurry because there's an emergency. And he stops everybody and says, who touched me? This passage that we're reading is about rubberneckers versus the righteously saved. It's about gawkers versus the godly. It's the fans versus the followers. This passage shows religion versus relationship. And by the way, religion would have killed this woman. This question that Jesus asked is an indictment. It's an accusation, not towards this woman, but towards everyone else around him right now that has been touching him, but hasn't been touching him. He's been bumped, poked, prodded, And no one in this group really touched him until this woman did. When I look at this woman's story, I get three points from it about what happens when my life purposely touches Christ. So what happens when our life purposely touches Christ? Well, the first thing, God provides protection for us. In the book of Luke verse 8, our chapter eight, verses 47 through 48, it says, "Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, "Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace." You see, according to the law, she should not have been there. It was illegal for her to be there, according to the law. Jewish law said a woman with an issue of blood has to be outside of the camp or outside of the group of people. She's unclean. That is not saying anything bad about women. In fact, the law was there to protect women. And that's a whole other topic. Well, if you have questions, talk to somebody who knows the law, but she was, it was illegal for her to be there. Yet she's in this group of men trying to touch Jesus who also is a rabbi. It was illegal to touch the rabbi, to touch the priest. Yet Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Jesus put his protection around this woman because without it, she was in danger of the law. But Jesus' grace saved her. Something else I notice, when my life purposely touches Christ, God provides healing. Back in Mark chapter 27, verse 29, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Obviously, this story is about a woman being healed. Jesus provides healing. But can I tell you, Jesus provides healing in your life too. You might not be bleeding for 12 years. There might be some other thing needs to be healed in your life. But Jesus will provide healing for you. A little side note that I find humorous is in this this story in the book of Luke. Luke totally leaves out the part where she spent all her money on doctors who couldn't help her because Luke was a doctor. That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. So Jesus and God, they provide protection for for this woman. They provide protection for us. God provides healing for this woman and God will provide healing for us when our lives purposely touch Christ. The third thing I notice when my life purposely touches Christ is that God provides a family Mark 5, verse 34, he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. A few weeks back, I did a sermon on a question that was, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? You can find that at greateraltonchurch.com in the sermon section. There's a whole sermon on God providing family for us. But just at this point, you can see this, and Jesus calls her daughter, God provides family. So when my life purposely touches Christ, God will provide protection, he will provide healing, and he will provide family. And those are three things I see right here in this story already. This story is so awesome. I am so excited to talk about this story today because you just have to understand something crazy is happening here what was different about this woman's touch than everybody else bumping into christ um i don't like country music i'm gonna put that right out there i like every other type of music except country but there are a few country artists that i I tolerate and will listen to garth brooks is one of them because if i didn't tolerate garth brooks i couldn't live with my wife um there are other ones like uh big and rich and there's a few other, other people. Uh, but one that I really like, like I will listen to willingly, is Johnny Cash. And he did some cover songs a while back before he passed on. And one of them he covered, a uh, Depeche Mode song. And uh, it, it's I like most of his covers more than the original. This one is Your Own Personal Jesus or Personal Jesus by the Depeche Mode. But the way Johnny Cash sings it, it's just so awesome. It's like your own personal Jesus, someone to be your friend, someone who cares, and it's just, having that Johnny Cash drawl, it's just so relaxing. But it's a it's a song talking about your own personal Jesus. But the 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 hook, I guess, would be when he says. Reach out and touch faith. You know the song. If you don't look it up, it's good. I suggest the Johnny Cash song. The Depeche Mode is good too. Um, but the whole idea is that you reach out and, and with your faith. You reach out, you touch Jesus. You reach out, you grab Jesus with your faith. That was the difference between this woman and this group of gagglers, the, the gawkers, the The fans. This woman believed. Just like Gary talked about last week with the blind man. This woman believed. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. And assurance about what we do not see. You have faith every day. For the most part, you have faith your car is going to turn on in the morning. You're not guaranteed your car is going to turn on in the morning. You have faith that your coffee maker is going to work in the morning. You don't have a guarantee that your coffee maker is going to work in the morning. Now, you're you're probably thinking, Mike, those are two stupid things that you're about. You're right. Same thing happens in our life with Jesus. I have faith that God is going to take care of me, even though I can't see the future, but I am assured that. In scripture. That God is going to take care of me. In Hebrews chapter 11 still. In verse 6. It says. And without faith. It is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him. Must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those. Who earnestly seek him. I love the book of Hebrews. It's so rich. And and Hebrews 11. talks about faith. So good. Read the whole chapter. It'll just encourage you. But we cannot have a relationship with God without faith. Um, we cannot have what this woman has unless we have dangerous faith. See, her faith was dangerous. When she confessed that it was her who touched him, the law said she should be condemned. But Jesus said, daughter. Faith starts where human ability stops. I don't have to pray that God gives me water because I have a kitchen sink. I don't have to pray that God dresses me in the morning or that he provides a shelter for me at night because I have clothes and I have a house. Faith starts where human ability stops. I trust God to take care of my family when I'm not there. I trust God to provide for us when I can't. I trust God to be my Heavenly Father, that when I pass on from this life, I will have a new body and I will live with Him for eternity. I trust God for that. I am assured of that. Is your faith dangerous? Something else I noticed is is this scripture here is evidence that Christianity is different than any other religion. I think I've said it before, uh, but I'm going to say it again. That the big difference between Christianity and every other religion is that in every other religion, we have to go up the mountain to be with God. But in Christianity, God came down the mountain to be with us. Back in Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. And I'm going to read this out of the King James Version. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In Old Testament times, under the law, the high priest, the priests in general, could not touch dead things. They could not touch something that was dead or be touched by something that was dead. They could not be around unclean people. They could not be around sin. This scripture says that Jesus is not a high priest that can't be touched by us. He is not in danger of being around our infirmity and our sin. He is not in danger of being around unclean people. That is incredibly evident in this lesson, in this scripture, and in others. Specifically when he talks about leprosy. You see, Jesus is a high priest that can be touched. When this passage, when it talks about if she could just touch his clothes... Some scriptures translate that, if I could but touch the hem of his garment. And that, if I could but touch, is an internal repeating phrase. So think of the little engine who could. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. That's what's going on in this woman's mind. If I can but touch. If I can but touch. If I can but touch. You see, we can touch our God. If we have faith, we can reach out and touch our God. We come to him humbly. That's the other thing we see with this woman. She wasn't just walking up like, you owe this to me. No. She's trying to touch the hem of his garment. Where's the hem? It's on the ground. It's close to the dirt. It's... It's nasty down there. But she's like, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. She's not even trying to touch him. She's trying to touch something that's touching him. Because if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. That's dangerous, crazy faith. I will be healed from 12 years of bleeding if I just touch this dude's clothes. And think about this. Don't forget. Jairus' daughter's really sick. He needs somebody now. This is a 911 emergency situation. They're not going slowly. Thursday night, my wife and I went out for a date. We, I decided it was a good idea. Let's walk to a restaurant from our house, just under a mile and a half away. That's fine. We get to the restaurant. It was a great walk. Loved the conversation. We got our food. I drank three or four glasses of water. Not thinking. Halfway home, I had to pick up that pace a little bit because uh, if I had to find a bush uh, and I got caught, I couldn't be the youth minister anymore because I get put on a list. <laughs> we got to get home. I was walking kind of briskly. These, these guys are going to save a life. That's a totally different situation. I bet they were almost running. You can't, it's hard to run in a row, but they were moving fast, and this woman who has been sick for 12 years is surrounded by a group of young men and she is on the ground and she caught him and touched his robe and was healed is your faith dangerous like that she's honest with him it said uh, she, she told the whole truth is your faith dangerous like that are you telling God the whole truth he knows the truth oh you're like a little kid hiding Just put your hands over your eyes and God won't see it, right? No. She had a dangerous faith and told the whole truth and was healed and was protected and had a family again. She was made whole. That is crazy. Can you see how exciting this scripture is? I think, though, if we didn't pick up where this left off, I'd be doing you a disservice. Because yes, Jesus asked who touched me and was referring to this woman, but Jairus has a problem. Jairus has a problem. His little girl is sick, and I don't know if you have kids, but when your kid is sick, you have a problem, and you are moving, and you are praying. One night we were up here for our small group, and there was a junior high cross chat going on, and the junior highers, bless their souls, love our children. I don't know why. Why would you be 12, 13, 14 years old and want to hang out with a 10 and a 7 year old? These kids are fantastic. And they let the girls come out and play and they were in this room that we are in right now recording. And they were running around and car tripped and fell and got hurt. Which car gets hurt It happens. But we were in the back and uh, one of the girls came in and said, "Um, we need Mike or Cassie." And we all kind of stopped our small group and were like, "Why?" And she said, "Cara's hurt." Can I tell you how quick I was up and out of that room? When somebody is coming to tell me that Kara is hurt and they need me, something's wrong. And I was like, where is she? She's in the women's restroom. I don't care what's going on in there, I'm coming in now. And I came in, what had happened is these chairs that you all can't see because they're behind the camera have, are hooked together. There's a tab and a slot and they hooked together. And Kara tripped and fell and the hook went in her cheek just below her eye and I could hear her crying She was a little trooper about it but she came out of one of those bathroom stalls and there was just blood everywhere and i went all right we're going to the emergency room and i i held my baby in the front seat all the way there you're not supposed to do that but i did it because i had to keep pressure on that wound when there's an emergency and it involves your kid you're going to move quick picking it back up in matthew or i'm sorry mark chapter five Verse 35, it says, while he was still speaking to her, the woman who has just been healed, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the little girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. I want you to walk away from this lesson knowing two things. One, my life must touch Christ with purpose and faith. And two, Christ can heal any dead Thing. This woman had been sick and bleeding for 12 years. This little girl was 12 years old and dead. You cannot tell me that there isn't a connection there. Because scripture doesn't put anything in there that isn't necessary. 12 years sick, 12 years old, and dead. I was listening to a lesson about this and it really spoke to me, because I, I'm concerned for the younger generation. Concerned might be putting it a little lightly. I worry about our kids. I worry about the youth group. It's, it's my, the youth group is my responsibility to an extent. It's, it's a lot of people's responsibility, but I, I kind of hold on to it. It's one of our babies. And it's not healthy. When I first became the youth minister, we had three small groups in high school, a junior high small group. We had multiple cross chats each week, multiple small groups happening on Sundays. We had a lot of kids being taught the word of God. And I know part of what's going on right now is COVID and it's stupid and we're all disconnected. But, but even before quarantine happened, it wasn't healthy. Like there wasn't, there are kids who really want to know scripture. They really want to know God. They have a faith. They have a hunger for scripture. But for the most part, it's not there. And I've been at Greater Alton here now over 18 years. This has been my home for over 18 years. And I've seen a lot of people come and a lot of people go. You could, agree. For those of you who are members here, you can agree with me. A lot has happened in the last 18 years. And I see an older generation that's hemorrhaging. That's sick. Yeah, there's a lot of us that are strong. There's a lot of you that are listening that have a good faith, a strong faith. But... I don't know. I, I worry. Maybe this is just me, but as I'm studying this out and as I'm reading this, I'm reminded God can heal any dead thing. Is your faith dead? God can heal it. God can bring you back and have a dangerous faith again. Is your walk with God dead? Are you sick? Are you spiritually sick? Physically sick? Fill in the blank. God wants to heal you. Mike, I've prayed for healing before. I prayed for somebody to get well, and they just died. Did they know Jesus? Yeah, but then they got better. Well, that's a cop-out, Mike. Is it? What's the the problem here? You, You wake up on the other side of the dirt, and that's heaven. God healed them. They don't have pain anymore but I want them here. Well, that's you. God had a different plan. Is your faith dangerous? You see, in this story, there are two generations represented, an older generation that's dying and a younger generation that's dead. However, because of the faith of the woman and the faith of Jairus, there were miracles done. And just like Gary said last week, what is your faith allowing? By your faith, it will be done. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, again, go look at Gary's lesson. By your faith, it will be done. Are you being healed by your faith? Are you being protected by your faith? Is God providing a family for you because of your faith? Look at this woman. Look at this family that's been made whole again. Get into it. It's Mark chapter 5. It's Luke chapter 8. Matthew chapter 9. Read it for yourself. Listen to some other people who are smarter than me talk about it. Reach out and touch faith. God wants to make you whole. He wants to make the bride, his church whole. And he wants to see people saved because of faith. Let's pray. God, I want to have dangerous faith. I want to see great things happen because of the faith of the people around me, because of the faith of your bride, the church. I want to see you work. I believe that you can do miracles. I believe that you can work in this age and in this nation and in this town, God, in this church building, God. I believe that you can do great things. I pray for those who don't believe that. I pray that you've strengthened their faith, that they they can get to know you more and they can love you more. God, stories like this are just so encouraging, so amazing. I've been so jazzed for the past few weeks. Just studying this out and listening to people talk about it and reading it and reading it and reading it. And I'm so grateful for your scripture and the encouragement that it brings. I want to pray for the church, the Big C Church, the church all over the world, that you strengthen us. That you provide healing for the people who need it. I'm thankful for this, for this family that you've provided. I pray that we can advance your church both here in our, in, in our town and all over the world, Father. I want to pray for, the, for Ravi's church in India. They're doing great things over there. I want to pray for, um, we sponsor some kids, God. I want to pray for Sebastian and Ezekiel, that their churches are strong and healthy, that they can hear your word being preached, whether they're in Mexico or in the Dominican Republic, Father. I want to, thankful, I want to thank you for your, your servants who are out there in the world, who are advancing your kingdom or trying to, who are preaching your scripture boldly and have a crazy faith. I pray that we can have a crazy faith here, Father. And I pray that whoever is watching this can have a crazy faith, that they just look downright insane with how much they believe you're going to do. Father, help us to glorify your name every day of our lives. It's in your name I pray.